Hello, and welcome to another episode of Crusher Talk. Today, with your hostess, Haley Crusher Kane, and today I am reporting from my closet, which is a small room that is basically um, a sort of finished little area where I have my clothes hanging up. I have like a little cube where I can keep like socks and accessories and I put some of my makeup on the top of that and I have a mirror leaning leaning against it. But other than that, we do not have any finished rooms in the house. So I find it very fitting and very awesome that the most finished room at this point is my walk-in closet. <laughs> um, props, to, props to Dr. Kane for, for doing that. And also he's taking a nap right now. So I always hear about podcasters um, using the closet because the closet is usually a pretty sound friendly room. Um, There's clothes, there's things bouncing off the sound. And so this is my first reporting from the closet. So hello, hopefully you guys are doing well. Um, I wanted to start off with some Crusherverse headlines. Now, I've been listening to a lot of different podcasts, but I'm not going to recommend podcasts to you. I'm not even going to recommend these books to you that I want to talk about. I just want to say, weirdly, I've listened to a lot of podcasts that have guests, authors of books that sound amazing, and they all happen to be nonfiction books. I've been reading a lot of nonfiction lately. I'm sorry, fiction lately, um, but I do like nonfiction quite a bit, especially if it's on some weird topic and there's a little bit of humor or social critique involved. And so there's there's three books that this past week have come out of different episodes of podcasts I've listened to with an author. And I'm thinking, I cannot wait to read this book. And like I'm saying, I'm not recommending these books, but they sound incredible. And I'm going to tonight download them to my Kindle and start reading them. So the first one is, and and also I think when you listen to podcasts with authors that talk about their book, you get a lot of the gist of the book without you know, all the spoilers. So I was just so intrigued. And the first one I want to talk about is the politics of trash, how governments used corruption to clean cities, 1890 through 1929. Um, This was on Jonathan Van Ness's Getting Curious podcast. And the author was, I was like, this is going to be so boring. It was so fascinating. And I love that it takes us back into a time when, you know, sewers and you know, refuse collection were kind of a new thing. And it talks about how the people that actually forced city streets to get cleaned up and city streets were absolutely disgusting. They were like animal carcasses, old food, old meat, like old grocery stuff, horse poop from the carriages, (laughs) like so disgusting human waste. But the people that really got the cities cleaned up were these sort of very whistleblowing type of women that would jot down in their notebooks when people would be dropping trash on the street. And basically these sort of killjoys that went around the neighborhoods and demanded accountability and demanded that streets be cleaned up. It also talks about like being a trash refuse worker and how that kind of socially ostracized certain entire classes of people which is also interesting. I mean, trash is something we interface with every single day. We have a trash collector. It's like very taken for granted. I also think that's like a topic I always like is a a topic that's taken for granted that you just, just, it's in your life. 
And it's, it's, you almost have this whole new world you get to discover when you actually delve into exactly what the hell the origins are. So that's the first one. Um, that's the title of the book. I should give you the author too, but I'm not going to on that one because I'm already on my next tab and I'm going to lose my place in my show notes. So I'm just going to go to the next one. You can look up the author. So the next one that I heard about was on the Forever 35 podcast, which I love. It's all about self-care and the things we do to take care of ourselves. Um, I love it. Um, the author uh, is, I will give you the author this time because, you know, authors really deserve recognition. Heather Radke. So Heather Radke wrote a book called Butts, A Backstory. And it's the, the, the cover of this book is hilarious, you guys. It's literally like a giant peach that looks a lot like the peach emoji um, that you know and love. I mean, who doesn't use the peach emoji now and then um, or often? But anyways, this book, I mean, it sounds like the stupidest thing, right? Um, but it's actually one of Esquire's 20 best books of fall. And it's actually one of the most anticipated books of fall for, I guess that's what it's saying on the description. A deeply thought, rigorously researched, and riveting history of human butts. So this sounds stupid, right? But when you delve into the history of butts, there is so much. So much about women and what, how we look at women as a society and so much about black women and how black women's butts since like the dawn of them existing basically and white people not being able to handle them, there has been so much racial insight that you can get out of looking at the butts and how white people deal with black butts and how even this um, this author actually posits that some some of the whole bustle culture that came out of like the I think that was is that Victorian era I'm pretty bad about that I think it's Victorian era when the bustles or maybe pre-Victorian era when the bustles was, were still happening the big bustles yeah pre-Victorian era um how they simulated a very famous black butt in history and just both the atrocities of like how women's butts are portrayed and how butts are used to dehumanize and sexualize people but also like how we talk about butts with children it's just it's like it's funny it's like I've actually read it but I haven't I just listened to like an hour-long interview on Forever 35 and just thought this is so apt and so great I can't wait to read it so there's the other one and then okay finally there is a very long anticipated book that just came out from Jamie Loftus who I think I've talked about on here before she's done quite a few podcasts sort of one-off podcasts about different cultural phenomenons one of them being the Kathy comics of the 70s through the 90s and another being um the book uh Lolita and another being, what does she do? Oh, she did, she did a podcast that's all about these uh, supernatural ghost spiritualists that live in Florida. She's really interested in like one thing at a time and she gets really into it. Well, this is her first book and it's about hot dogs. She actually traveled across the country in 2021 and explored the creation, the culture, and the class influence of hot dogs and what it says about America. Um it's amazing. Like the, here's a like excerpt from the, the description, uh, poor people created them. Rich people found a way to charge $15 for them. Their high culture, their low culture, their sports food, their kids food, 
their hangover food and they're deeply American despite having no basis whatsoever in America's indigenous traditions. You can love them, you can hate them, but you can't avoid the great American hot dog. The book is Raw Dog, The Naked Truth About Hot Dogs, and it is by Jamie Loftus. I cannot wait to read it. I think it just came out really recently because I remember when it was up for pre-order and I was like, I got to remember to, oh no, it's not out. It's still pre-order. Damn it. Well, it's available for pre-order. This is for anyone who's into nonfiction, by the way. And if you're not, I suggest getting into it because there is nothing that is more comforting at night than a very neutral, interesting book that's going to scratch that curiosity itch, but isn't going to like stir up crazy emotions or make you want to like, it's one of those things where you could probably read a chapter and put it down. Whereas certain other books and like fiction books are going to tug at your heartstrings and emotions and make you just want to read, 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 at least for me. Um, so yeah, this, these are a couple interesting books I just thought I'd share with you and I'm reading, 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 reading them. So I'm, I'm very much not the kind of person who would ever want to be part of a book club, not because I judge that. I think it's a cool idea. I just know myself and I find it stifling and I would feel rebellious against doing it. However, if we want to have an informal book club and any of you guys read these books, please let me know because I mean, come on, like I'm <laughs> butts, hot dogs and trash. Okay. Okay. Moving on. So we did get a couple interesting end of year reviews. Like I think I told you guys that there were some reviews of us that were very like this band isn't punk anymore. They're so well produced, which is so funny when you look at like the Sex Pistols, Never Mind the Bullocks, or any of Blondie's records, like as they progressed as a band, or, you know, there's so many punk, seminal punk albums, The Clash, that are very well produced. And it doesn't actually negate like how good the music is, or what the music stands for, or the politics of the band, etc. However, we've gotten some very good reviews as well. And I don't know if I've talked much about those. I think I mentioned one last time. But we have gotten some pretty good press lately in terms of like being on Goldmine Magazine's um, 100 Fabulous Songs, like we're number 38, uh, Punk News mentioned us. And, you know, the fact that we're even in the punk news sphere makes me happy. Um, no, we've just gotten some interesting press. And I just I don't even want to talk about the press itself. I just want to say that Every time I go through an album cycle, I'm reminded of a very important truth. And I think you can apply this to both a band or your life. And that truth is you shouldn't believe your good press and you shouldn't believe your bad press. Everything that people say about you is basically a reflection of how, of how they see the world and how they see you. Now, there can be kernels of truth in there, of course, but you should take everything with a grain of salt and especially your good press, like especially there's no need to get a big head about someone saying something good about what you're doing. If you're involved in creative work, it's up to you to really trust your instincts and care about what you think. Now, if you're not doing creative work and this, then this just applies to what people think about your life, your decisions, what you do. You can absolutely look to validation or outside of yourself. I mean, that's what as humans we are, we are just what is the word? I was, was going to say like cosmically, but it's not cosmically. It's like human design. It's DNA. It's in our structure as human beings, as pack animals to want to be accepted by the crowd, to want to feel like we're not going to be cast off by our family, our familial clans. You know, that would mean death in a different life, right? It really would physically. 
um, to be cast off from your little tribe, right? So I get that. That's a thing. I definitely struggle with that. We all do. But I think going forth and putting out creative work, it does make you, it does set you up for this line of fire where you're going to get bad reviews, but you're also going to get good. And it really helps me every time I go through this, it helps me like re-solidify this feeling of it's all about you, what you, what I think, and not in an egotistical way, but in a way of like, I'm not creating this for anyone's validation. Therefore, don't put too much uh, heft in any one side. Don't put too much weight into any one side. And so like, that's just something I've been thinking about. I guess that could be my quality thought of the week. In fact, I'm going to strike it now and or strike it, put it in the records <laughs> that that is my quote of the week. That is like my quality thought of the week, because it really can be applied to so many things in life, like from how you parent your child to like, you know, if you take a new job or you decide you want to leave somebody you've been married to for many, many years and people are like judging your decision or even something as stupid as a haircut. Like it's really all that matters is you is, is what you think and that you're traveling in a direction of growth. So as long as you're traveling in a direction of growth, hell yeah. Um, okay. Also headlines. This is a silly one, but I love to listen to um, purely, purely um, instrumental music when I work. I'm like, why is it hard to remember that word, instrumental? I definitely know what that means. I do it sometimes. <laughs> um, but I love instrumental music when I work. And I recently came across an entire Spotify station that's all basically cafe vibes, Um it's actually coffee shop vibes is what it, what it is. And I'm going to link it in the description, um, in like the text. Basically there are different coffee shop vibes and there's even like an, I think there's a 1980s one where it's like 1980s coffee shop vibes or mall vibes. Um, but then there's like a holiday one. There's like one that's like tinkling jazz piano in a Chicago train station coffee shop vibes. Well, I have found my perfect one, and it happens to be the Rio de Janeiro um, Bossa Nova coffee shop vibes. It's just plucky enough and colorful enough and vibrant enough to like get, get me in a good mood, but there, it's not annoying. Like, there's no songs that I know. It's all very like rhythmic, and it's a weird beat that I don't really normally do. Like there's little bongo drums. So it's enough to kind of keep me stimulated without overstimulating me. And I just really love it. So I'm going to link that in case anyone needs to like work on a work project or creative project or writing project. There's nothing better than just putting on some instrumental music and getting some shit done. Um, what else on the headlines? We started filming a new music video. Uh, we, we actually filmed on the D Detroit People Mover, which is a really fun, kind of useless uh, technology. It's, it's this elevated train that goes all through downtown Detroit. And it's very much one of those things that was built in the 1960s to show off this wonderful, industrious town. It goes right by the General Motors building. And in fact, we accessed it through the General Motors building, which by the way, the General Motors showroom is insane. This is our second time going through there. And it's basically an empty, gorgeous, modern, brutalist, yet mid-century, yet recently redone space that every angle of this place is interesting. Like every angle of 
this design of this building is interesting. And there's cars everywhere. So there's vintage cars on a conveyor belt just kind of going through. You can watch them. That was interesting, including cars that were never made. There is a sort of back to the future looking car that looks like an 80s microwave. It's so ugly. Um, But you can tell it was very like hot shit back in the day. And there's new cars, of course. And so it's just very, very cool. All these escalators. We filmed kind of the journey of going from the General Motors building up into the air, up into this elevated platform where this train took us around the city. And just like last time we did the People Mover, there was literally no one on the train. There was one family that got on, like a tourist family, for like one stop. And otherwise, that was it. It was just us, which meant I had full reign of the train, which was very cool. Um, so yeah, I'm just letting you guys know that there may be, there is a new video coming soon. Um, I am going to download it and start editing and tweaking on it. I basically have to really get into that mind state to know where the video is going to take me. I do edit all the videos and we film everything on iPhone. Um, you guys know that, right? But, uh, people always ask me like, who did your videos? And I'm like, well, we did it. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, let's see what else we have two shows coming up in Detroit, one on the 20th at old Miami and one on February 24th at Bolero lanes, which is like a very cool mid-century bowling alley, which I have never been to. And I hear really good things about, it just sounds like a very cool ambiance. I'm excited to check that out. Um, I recently went to a film festival in Detroit. Um, I made a new friend, my friend Emily of the band Burn Mar-a-Lago, and she has two films, it's like two or three films all smushed together that she showed, along with like this whole performance piece that went with it. And basically Burn Mar-a-Lago is a clowning troupe that is a real serious, like real clowning troupe that went to Europe to like learn clowning um, that is basically like out of control, wild, hilarious, funny, irreverent, silly, but also makes cultural commentary. They're just such an interesting, trippy, weird arts collective. And I think that they're very cool. I very much um, admire what Emily has done with some of these videos that she's done. They're just so cool. I just want to learn all her editing tricks. Speaking of editing, I'm just like in awe of her, her directing and editing. And she has this fake documentary, like spoof documentary called Tortured for Years, part one and part two. It's not for everyone, but if you like Rocky Horror Picture Show and you like Pussy Riot and you like strange, irreverent, scary clowns, you may enjoy this. So I will link it. And I just feel just grateful to have a new friend. And we went on a friend date, which takes me to my Craveworthy, where um, she introduced me to the most delicious thing I've ever had in my life, basically. It's honey bread. Now, I've been going to Yemen Cafe with Dr. Kane for a while now, but this is my first time going out with a friend to Yemen Cafe. And she was like, you haven't had the honey bread. It's the best thing in the world. Now, I've had the Yemeni bread before. It's basically something between a pancake, a non a non bread, and I don't know, like... I would say a pita bread, but it's not dry like a pita. And it's not crackery. It's definitely chewy with lots of bubbles and it's got charred bits to it. It's almost like a pizza crust in a way, but better. It's very light. It's very chewy. It's like humongous. <laughs> like The bread is always bigger than our heads. But um, I'd had the Yemen bread. So I'm like, eh, whatever. I've had that before. Now, the honey bread, you guys, it's basically that same bread that's like this giant, delicious, hot bread, and they put honey all over it. And that sounds simple, but oh my gosh, if you ever have a chance to have Yemenese food, 
Yemeni food? I don't know. Yemen food. Do get the honey bread. It really changed my life. But I will tell you one thing. It does not keep in the fridge. And I did try to save it because it was so good. And I just couldn't. Um, A runner-up for my Craveworthy this week is uh, Henrietta House's Ginger Margarita. Henrietta House is across the street from Yemen Cafe in Hamtramck, Michigan. And it's this cute little spot. Um, They call it Hamtramck-style pizza. They make Hamtramck-style pizza. They say it's it's Detroit-style but only around the edges, just like Hamtramck which is funny. Um, so it's caramelized around the edges, but everything in the middle is sort of free reign, free game. Uh, very fluffy, very chewy, very crunchy, but you're going to get some interesting toppings. Like I think there was one that had kimchi and like peanut butter on it. I could be wrong about the peanut butter, but there's definitely kimchi. Um, I think, or maybe it was a Polish style pizza. Um, the one that I had that I really liked was a sweet Gerald. It's basically these like copious amounts of roasted delicious garlic with blue cheese dress, blue cheese crumbles, and I think balsamic vinegar on top. And it was out of control good. Um, so, but anyways, why am I getting into pizza? That's not what I'm talking about. The margarita, so I haven't had any of their cocktails yet and they have incredible like coffee infused cocktails. But after Yemen Cafe, we stopped in for a drink, Emily and I, and I was like, okay, I have to try this. So I did try I was like, oh, they have a margarita. I love margaritas and palomas. It's kind of like my go-to. And you wouldn't think the ginger would go well in a margarita, but it was so good because it had like the tartness, but also that tang, that tang and that slight sweetness of the ginger. And I'm going to look it up and see if I can find a ginger margarita recipe online. And I'm going to have to try to make one now because I'm like a total ginger person. I love like a ginger beer. I love a dark and stormy. Um, ginger, Ginger is just... It just needs to be in more things. Um, I feel like the British have it right with all the ginger that they partake in. Um, But yeah, that was delicious and just so refreshing and surprising. So it has to be on the Craveworthy this week. And then finally, I'm just going in all sorts of weird orders here. Um, My sparkle of the week. um, I'd spent a lot of time just like talking with one of my very, very close friends. She's going through a really hard time. And, um, this is definitely something I would normally do no matter what, like just being in touch with a close friend. But I really spent a lot of time this past week trying to listen, um, like actively listen, which for someone like me, it can be be hard sometimes to actively listen and not always give advice. And I am working on that. And I feel like that is a worthy sparkle of the week because so many of us just want to like throw advice into someone's face and they're not ready for it. They're processing something or, they're just going through it. And so I've been kind of like trying my best to become a better active listener. And now that I've applied this on some close family members and friends, I feel like I can maybe apply this to other people in my life. Um, so hopefully like I do become a better listener. And if you know me and I do talk to you and you feel like I'm doing a good job, please let me know because this is something I have definitely struggled with. And it's been a critique I have gotten in the past that I sometimes just intellectualize and move past an issue when many times people just want to be seen, heard, and listened to, including me. me. All right. Well, I guess that's like the whole podcast. So have a great week, guys. I'll be back next week. And until next time, do go to the Facebook group. I do want to get more interaction and discussion happening on there so I can bring it up here. I think it's really fun to get that little seed of a convo going and then 
once I come on here, it can like expand and I can talk about what you guys have brought to the table. So if that sounds interesting to you, there is a link to the Facebook group and I hope to see you on there. Um, just hopefully you guys have a really good week, sparkle hard, and I will talk to you next time.